I want you to think for a minute about what we just witnessed here a few minutes ago and what wonderfully, thanks to the beautiful ministry of volunteers here at St. Joe's, happens each week at the 9 o'clock Mass. It's when the kids come forward, the children's liturgy of the Word. And it's really quite amazing to witness that, and we're all privileged to it. And you see, as they come up, some are veterans, they've been doing this for weeks and years, and they charge right in, and others are still kind of getting their feet wet. And for some, it's the very first time. You can tell, you can see, it's the very first time. And they're not quite sure if this is right, and maybe they come up on their own, maybe their mom or dad comes with them. And for some, they're just not ready. Maybe they get out of the pew and and that's as far as they can go and they come back. And others just don't even get out of the pew. And for any of the kids here who didn't go, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly okay. You should go when you and your parents feel ready. But my point is, it's a process and it takes time. And for some of us, it takes more time than others. But for everyone who goes and undergoes that process to be ruthlessly interrogated by me every week, and then taken off to who knows where. There is a separation, right? There's a parting. And eventually it's okay and it's sweet and it's joyful and they find out that it's really a great experience, but it always starts with a parting, with a certain letting go, and a going off into something that they don't know what it's going to be. And only then, in that space, when all of that drama has unfolded, do they get the liturgy of the Word. And the scriptures are presented to them. And believe me, they are invited and take the opportunity to talk about it and say what they think. I wish as a church, we, okay, I, I wish I had a better appreciation for that process. You don't just get the word proclaimed to you and then all of a sudden it sinks in. Whether it's read as it was beautifully today from the Ambo, or whether you sit with Thomas Aquinas or whoever your favorite theologian is, you've got to be prepared for it. And we're kidding ourselves if we deny that. And so when we hear about and wring our hands, why are people leaving the church today? And I raise my kids in the church. How come they're not going to Mass on their own? we got to point the finger at ourselves, too, and say, are we allowing our hearts to be prepared to receive? And if we just paid a little more attention to something that's seemingly as sweet and innocuous as children's liturgy of the Word, we'd see what it looks like. Because what we saw here is no small enactment of what that looked like 2,000 years ago in our Gospel. And I don't know why it's this way. I've got some ideas. Anyone who's ever really been in love, I think, has an insight into it. Anyone who's ever raised children or worked with other people to accompany them on a journey. The way this works is always the same way. And that's that our hearts are prepared by a certain separation, by an act of risk, by a willingness to be vulnerable when we feel the time is right. And sometimes that's a vulnerability we embrace. Sometimes it's a vulnerability we're thrust into, kicking and screaming. But if we can allow ourselves to go there, first just to show up, then to take a step, right? You see how nervous it is just to step up that little bit here into the sanctuary, to step out of the pew, to step away from mom and dad, and then to be received 
Yes, received by loving arms, but we don't know their loving arms the first time. And then to go off to a place like Abraham, go to the Lowry Room, a land you do not know, go off because I'm inviting you to go there. And it's in that space that we are one of two things. Either we're resistant, right? We're defensive, we're afraid, and fear is a very powerful motivator. But if we can just somehow break through that threshold, then we are receptive because that's all we can be. All the comforts that we knew are not there. The toys, the Cheerios, the goldfish in the pews, they're not there. We're out there on our own. And whatever we have is what we will receive, hopefully, from someone who loves us. And so those disciples on the road to Emmaus, they're disappointed, they're heartbroken, and they're heading away from Jerusalem. That's not what all the disciples are doing, but we can appreciate that's where they're at. And they're together, right? We're talking about Jesus with us. That's our theme. They're with each other. And when you're still in that state of not being sure and not being confident and being worried and afraid, we go together. And so, yes, the kids leave the comfort of their pew, but they are quickly met by their little colleagues and their teachers. And they learn what it means to receive the word of God in a community. But once you cross that threshold, then things move on. So Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb in the morning. She goes by herself. She doesn't have that companion now because in some sense she already does. Jesus is with her, even in her grief, even in her sorrow. As she shows up that morning to anoint the dead body of her friend. And you might say, well, that was just the custom, that's what they did. But it was dangerous for her to show up and anoint the body of a criminal and a heretic as he was seen in so many eyes. But she's crossed that threshold because she'd already developed a certain intimacy with Jesus. And that's what we can offer these kids if we could say to them, hey, was this better than you thought it would be? If you see that at five, you're going to be setting this place on fire when you're 25. If we simply allow that process to grow and nurture. But in some sense, and don't get me wrong, I'm glad they come back eventually to the pews and they stay there and, and this is the place to be. But in some sense, I wish we could hold on to that dynamic that they're living for the first time. That we go to God through a process of separation. We go to God not where everything is absolutely wonderful. That's not why you need a savior. We go to God not in spite of our vulnerability and our hurts and our fears and our grief. We go to God right through the heart of it. Peter wasn't ready to go it alone. We know what he did on that night. Judas wasn't ready to go it alone. We know what he did on that night. It takes time. We go together. And eventually, when the moment is there, we go with Christ. And yes, we can bring others with us, but they're not with us in the same hand-holding kind of way that the two disciples on the road to Emmaus were, or the little guys in front of us were. And it's so beautiful and privileged to watch that process unfolding, and every one of us here were witness to it when we just showed up, maybe not even knowing, on the third Sunday of Easter, but I invite us as a spiritual exercise to let our own hearts be burning. 
If you saw them and you thought, oh, those kids are so cute, they're going off to do that. But to recognize in the midst of all that humanity is also a beautiful, powerful spiritual moment. And if your hearts or minds were moved, maybe they weren't burning, but if they were moved with compassion or joy, don't take that lightly. It's our own version of the road to Emmaus. And when those kids went off, they went on that road. And that road extends from here into all of our homes, into all of our workplaces, into all of our families. It's the only road the Gospels have ever given us. And we pray that we walk it with courage and joy.